Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. a few things where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for a newsletter at avakind.com. And leave us messages, 833-AVAKIND. Something we are extremely excited about these days is the book we wrote that we've been talking about forever. It's called Work Wife. It's about the power of female friendship to fuel successful businesses, and it comes out on March 5th. You can pre-order it at ofakind.com, your favorite indie bookstore, or wherever else books are sold. Follow it on Instagram and probably some other social media platforms too at WorkWifeHQ. That's where you'll find info on upcoming events. And tune into this podcast where for the months of February and March, we'll be bringing you real talk from some of the workwives who inspire the crap out of us. Our workwife guests today are, I think, very well known to our audience. Oh my gosh, our audience knows all about these three. We have the trio from Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere, co-hosted by Amina Tussauds and Ann Friedman and produced by the wonderful Gina Delvac. Gina, do you have a website yet? I do. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is it hosted by Squarespace? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Any CYG listeners are so pleased and proud. Um, They they have launched in 2014 and have built a devoted audience of hundreds of thousands of listeners per episode. And you can also read more about them in our book. But hey, guys, we're so excited to have you. Hey. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, can we start by ha- asking you to tell us your meet cute story? I know it's like a multi-parter, but I, that's one of my favorite things about it. So a long, long time ago, there was a television show called Gossip Girl. The older people in the room might remember it. <laughs> um, the younger people should watch it on Netflix. But... Um, Anne and I were both invited to this Gossip Girl viewing party by a mutual friend. And by the end of the episode, we wanted to be friends with each other. And that's how we know each other from Washington, D.C. And we were friends. And then Anne abandoned me for the West Coast. Like a jerk. Okay, now I'm compelled to jump in, even if it wasn't my pre-delegated turn. Um, 
it was it was not it was not a personal abandonment. Um, it was the beginning of a long distance phase of our friendship. Um, and and yeah, I moved to Los Angeles after. I mean, there were some steps in between, but basically, I moved to Los Angeles where um, I met through another very close friend, the fabulous Gina Delvac, who was working in radio at the time. Um, and we were just kind of like part of the same, I would say, extended friend group here in L.A. And I, I believe it wasn't until Gina had met Amina as well that she sort of planted the podcast seed. But Gina might remember better than we do. Well, and I remember it a bit differently. So I met Amina at a gathering of women in Palm Springs. And I remember just being completely charmed and enamored as we sat stoned painting our nails by the side of the pool. Same, um, same, Tina. Uh, I always associate you with nail painting. <laughs> I was like, who is this fabulous, fabulously dressed, intelligent, hilarious woman? I mean, no surprise because Anne keeps good people clothes. And so was delighted to make her acquaintance and then my recollection is that Anne and Amina had always been talking about doing a podcast together. And Amina used to joke to me like, Gina, one day we'll hire you when we can afford you. And so I was always kind of like planting a seed of like, well, let's do it. This sounds really fun. And so, um, and then in early 2014, I believe there was an Anne and Amina solo car ride in, through Hollywood, California, where a domain was purchased, callyourgirlfriend.com. <laughs> Which is how we indicate our serious intent about virtually anything, um, buying the domain. We are the so, exact yeah. opposite. In this, in this family, if we don't acquire copyright or domains, the thing is not real. That's how we roll. We have acquired exactly. domains for so many things that we have zero intention of ever starting, but we're just like, maybe one day we would or we could sell this. It's like the complete opposite approach. We just buy them with reckless abandon. We owned or own. I'm wow. not sure. Domain squatters. <laughs> we, Domain squatters. This is, how, this is how you both are so rich. We own something but is called... It squatting if you fully intend to use it? I, you know, I don't know. We had, we had, we legitimately spent like two hours a couple Sorting months ago. Through. Sorting through and so being embarrassing. Like, Which should we these? keep these? Do we keep hot mess hummus or no? We kept hot mess hummus and we also kept mm. hummus a little ditty. Two um, possible hummus businesses we could start one day. Uh, we also have ratemyvc.com, <laughs> rate which my, is made, yeah. rate, like rate my professor, but for your investors. No, you know. I think ratemyvc.com is a very viable business opportunity. I just don't want to start the business. No, but we'll sell that to someone who we deem, you know, reputable yeah. starter of ratemyvc.com. <laughs> I'll talk to you about this behind. Right yeah, we'll take it offline. Right up my alley. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you decided to create a podcast, the three of you, how did you sit down and figure out roles? How did you carve out workload? So what's really interesting about this is that um, everybody came into the podcast with like their own set of skills, right? Like or lack of skills. Anne and I <laughs> nothing about making a podcast in the sense that the mechanics of it, like I don't understand how you went from talking to it's on iTunes. Like, I don't know how that workflow happens. And so for me, when, whenever we said, like, we need to do a podcast, I was like, well, some, one of us needs to know how to make a podcast, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it turned out that Gina was that person. And so, you know, automatically, for better or worse, like, the, the editing of the show, the, you know, like, the, the mechanics of the show, and also truly, like, the person who holds 
the like show together was like that there was no other person that that could be like that had to be Gina. And for me, I was like, well, I guess I'm one half of the host. So I might as well like bring my best hosting self to the table. But I fully like did not understand even like what hosting a podcast was until Gina like really sat us down and was like, well, like I can cut the show, but here are probably the things that you should talk about or how that could work or things that you should listen to, to, you know, to, to understand like what's going on here. There were some podcast mixtapes involved in the piloting process. Oh my God, love. what a gift. What a gift to give someone. I I love that. Um, and what what did you sort of see as your obvious role in all of this? Oh my God. I don't know that I saw an obvious role, except much like Amina, I um I thought that my part in this little experiment, which is like truly how I thought about it at the time, I was not like we're founding a business and what is my title? It was like, right. like to be, to be clear, we weren't doing any of that. We were trying out a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it was more, it was more about, um, yeah, like bringing, bringing some sort of, uh, like editorial sensibility to the, like, let's be honest, just freewheeling conversations the two of us were having. And not always well, I mean, like we didn't really have, we still don't really have like, like a hugely structured format. I mean, I mean, honestly, just like continuing to show up in those early days is, is like mm-hmm. how I thought of my responsibility. How did you feel? What was your sense of accountability to each other and your sense of like, we all need to show up consistently for this? Was it something you guys all talked about and agreed to, or was it something that you all just sort of it knew that, that you were all going to keep doing it? I think it was a little bit bumpy at first because we did set out to do this while all of us had other jobs and we've maintained other jobs and roles since then. But I think um, with time, it was starting to get into a more consistent recording schedule. I also transitioned out of a full-time job and back into freelancing, which sort of freed me up to have that consistent, like if we're recording this week, a thing needs to get edited this week. It needs to go out soon. Uh, Initially, we were much more sporadic. For me, at least, like, because I didn't think of it as work and we, you know, I always think that like the story of Girl Your Girlfriend is that we accidentally like made a company um, because we had checks to cash that we didn't know we would have to cash one day. Uh, I So I never thought of it as work accountability as much as, oh, I like these two people. I would like to spend time with them. And one way to be a good friend generally is to be a consistent person who shows up prepared most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was truly like, that's truly what I was thinking. But also like, you know, I've had a lot of other hobbies. Anne and I had dabbled before in like a blog. Um, and so I, you know, and I, I also know that if you don't do something consistently, then it means that you don't care, you know? And so it's as much like a barometer that I use to gauge for myself, my own interests, but also other people's interests. So while we never, I don't remember us having a conversation that was like, hey, we're going to show up every week and do this. It was like, oh, if we want to make this happen, like, what about this for a schedule? And because everybody showed up every week or every other week or however we were doing it, that indicated to me that it was a serious thing that we were trying to all learn about. I mean, honestly, it felt more like something, I mean, I've never been a book club person, but it honestly felt something more like that, where you are putting a structure around what is more like a voluntary association of friends rather than like, we are like starting a venture for the foreseeable years. And I think like, 
that your point, Amina, about like, how do you show you care about something? Like you turn up consistency and consistently and you try to pull your weight. That is the, the, you know, was the governing principle, um, for definitely for at least the first couple of years. Yeah. 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 Just to add to that, it seems like the first weeks and months we were really showing up for each other. And then with time, as we started to build an audience and a following, then there's also like any editorial product, right. And wanting to deliver for our audience as well. How did it change the dynamic between you guys when you did start having checks to cash and it did become more than just a a friend accountability, but it became a business? Thank you so much to Four Sigmatic for sponsoring this week's episode of The Pod. Yes, very excited about this brand that has somehow like managed to capture the attention of the like sort of like intense like bulletproof coffee meaty Vibes. like wellness mm-hmm. the Vibes, mct but then, crew but then yeah. also the like woo woo wellness people it's very you're right it's very very interesting i'm which i feel like means there's just like really something good <laughs> there's like, yeah. something going on here it's actually just a good product <laughs> yeah, and not just, just a trend be, yeah a hundred percent god well i also think there's such something mushrooms are still so not very well understood and this Mm -hmm. is a product made of mushrooms we know that they're sort of magical but we don't really know why yet Mm -hmm. and I feel like in 80 years maybe we'll have some sense I don't know I hope so who can say right yeah um Um, certainly not me Four Sigmatic (laughs) is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit your immunity, energy, and longevity. Right now, we're really excited about their mushroom coffee with lion's mane. And here's the big sell that really gets me. Lion's mane mushrooms have actually long been used by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation. Who do you trust with focus and meditation more than a Buddhist monk? Nobody. I'll give you a minute. They're the most (laughs) focused meditators. It's made with 100% Arabica coffee beans, and a cup of this blend tastes exactly like your classic morning cup. No, like, weird mushroomy taste, and you just don't get that jittery feeling. To get 15% off your next order, go to foursigmatic.com backslash a few things and use the code a few things. That's 15% off foursigmatic.com backslash a few things with the code a few things it's a delicious easy way to get balanced stimulation and even comes in single serving packets that you can mix up on the go oh my god why didn't we bring some to this recording session today what dummies we were a really good idea these like wonderful little packs yeah Ugh, you can just keep them in your purse with yeah. all the other random stuff you keep in there give it a try let us know what you think I like that's a question that is actually like really good, especially when it comes to like that specific part of it where it's like, okay, it's becoming a business. I know that like there's nothing in the world that would have made me start a business. Like if, if Anne or Gina or anybody I love was like, hey, I want to start a business with you, I was like, goodbye. There is no reason that I like, I don't like logistics. I don't like admin stuff. I don't like, I just like money. I don't like the ways that you have to make money. <laughs> and we tricked you. This is what you're trying to say. We tricked you. Right. Like, I just, it's a long time. Me. It was like, yeah. oh, like, we're all, it was like, oh, we're all here. I just think that if we had done it in this structured way, like, it's not a thing I would have been interested in doing. But so because like, and I think that for me, like my response, that context is in the sense where when then it became like a thing where we had to do admin, I trusted these two people. You know what I mean? Like there was never like a moment where I thought like, hmm, 
this is a bad idea to get business married to these people or whatever. I was like, oh, look at that. This little thing that we've been doing like consistently, like I'm so proud of us that we showed up. And also I need to step up a lot of the, the things that I don't care about doing and be present for doing them because, you know, like we, we generate revenue for three of us. So every person in our like in this enterprise, like needs to work enough. So if anything, like I'm always coming from the perspective of like, God, I don't do anything here and I need to like do more. And because of like, because of the friendship and because I admired both of them, I was like, I, I am willing to do this. And it turned out that it was fun also. So I'm glad that I did. Um, we've, we've yeah. talked before. Oh, go ahead, Gina. No, I just wanted to jump in because I feel like Amina is underselling her own contributions and skills here. Um, you know those friends where it's like you you have you have friends where like you have some friends that make good roommates, you have some roommates that make good friends, you have some people that make good business partners and like there can be a deep kinship or relationship separately. I just want to shout out Amina Amina Tuso and Ann Freeman as two of the best coworkers I could ever imagine in addition to being great friends. So we had enough experience doing the show too to know that adding that dimension of business, of accountability, of this deeper kind of contractual piece of the relationship like there are no two people I would have sooner jumped in the boat in that realm with because they're so bright and so capable feel lovely sentiment really lovely and it's something I you just said so much more articulately than I think we have ever figured out how to say because people ask us all the time about like well were you who's the right friend yeah yeah. just like were you worried about Mm -hmm. ruining the friendship and it's like well I have a million or not like a million but you know I have lots of friends that I'm really close with but there's I don't know if there's any others I would have started a business with like that was the we knew that about our friendship, that it was the type that could lead to what it did and it could support a partnership too. Um, I love the, mm-hmm. the, the roommate line. <laughs> it makes sense. I love, I love you saying that too. I love you guys saying that too, because, you know, and I'm sure that you both get this a lot, Claire and Erica, like people will come up to you and be like, I want to do what you do. And then they're like, and you're like, what? You know, and then they'll probably say some word like entrepreneur, or I want to start my business or whatever. And then you go, yeah, but like, what do you want to do? And then they can't actually articulate it. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of people who have an idea of a thing that they want to be or a thing that they want. Like, they know the goal, but they don't actually like think through all of the steps to get there. And that always ends up being like a very dangerous place if you, especially like when you put your friendship into play. Because the scenario that I always see is like, oh, I want this thing and this person seems like the person who will get me there, you know, where you just like assume that that's what is going on. Whereas like, Oh, we both like don't know what the fuck we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, like in one way it's like, it's easy. I always say that it's easy to work with your friends, but the reason, the only way that it can be easy to work with your friends is if your friendship is good and your work is good separately. And then mixing those two things like seems like not a combustible idea. But if you, like, if any one of those things is in the balance, like either the friendship or your work ethic, then you're definitely going to have problems. Or even if your goals aren't aligned, then you're also going to have problems. Absolutely. What have you three learned about your work ethics and your working styles um, that makes you good partners over the last four years? I guess I don't feel like, speaking for myself, like I don't have a work style full stop. Like I have certain ways I like to do certain aspects of work, like certain modes of working within call your girlfriend. I would not tolerate or would not like 
um, feel comfortable uh, with, like in like a different kind of professional context, um, because we do have such a high level of trust. So it's a little bit of a weird question where, I mean, maybe this is like, oh my God, I don't even know how to define my own work style full stop. But Mm -hmm. I do think that um, over time, we have sort of figured out which things for each of us are like, oh God, this is like really stressful and I try to avoid it. And we have also naturally sorted ourselves into corners of the business, not dealing with like our core titles of um, hosting or producing and editing the podcast that make the most sense with what we either want to learn or what we're pretty good at or what we're at least not like terrified to try. Um, (laughs) Um, And, and so I, and so I think that like, you know, um, because of maybe something kind of baked into this from the beginning, because we started it as a thing where we all wanted to learn, you know, I mean, um, Gina was like, I want to like leap into podcast world and apply my skills in that direction. And Amina and I were like, you know, if, comedy bros can do this. We can learn to do it too fairly quickly in the hosting department. And, and, you know, um, the idea that we were all going to kind of just figure it out, I mean, um, is still, I think part of the understanding when we're working together. So like if I screw up something related to our merch, which is like a corner that I oversee that does not show up in my title, I feel Gina and Amina are very understanding because they know that merch is not like my core competency or like something that I'm really, um, I build myself as like a merch expert. Like we're all kind (laughs) of in this thing and learning. And I think like for me more so than like work style and understanding that we are all really doing our best and working hard and, um, and trying to respect that about each other is more important perhaps than the questions of like, I don't know, like, like sitting down and dividing things up, like in a more, I don't know, like, a I don't know, it was more foresight or more forethought, you know, we kind of, we, we've got like a natural sorting process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, but another thing too, that I think happens because, and, you know, and maybe it's also because we're women is that one thing that I have been really like struck by in our work style, and I've worked with a lot of women before and I've never seen this, is that somebody always picks up the ball in like call your girlfriend world. It's like, Oh, we need to figure out how to do, you know, like this weird tax thing is happening. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to spell taxes. Next thing I know, like somebody's like figured it out or, and like watching you like set up our merch store, like to this day, I'm like jaw, like wide open. Like what? Like the amount of just like work and, you know, processes and so much that happens, like for a thing that you didn't know about, I think you like felt your way around really well. And Gina, like the same way, like the way that you are, are like has been our, you know, tax person for so long and the way that you deal with like all of our uncomfortable, like legal and like financial conversations that we need to have. Like nobody writes a sexier email than Gina Delvac that like needs to go to a grown up. She's the most like grown up email writer I've ever seen. If you let me handle the emails of this business, I would only send exclamation points and like, and question marks. We know about you and your canned Google responses. Punctuation. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And so it's like, so, so even back to your question about like a work style, like I, I don't know that I can define like work, a, you know, like a specific work style for either of them. But I do know that there is 
there is something about your work ethic and your consistency and your just like your ability to like figure things out even that you're afraid of or that you've never done but like this is the only reason we can do a podcast you know and it all and everything from like the show that you hear you know like the thing that you hear on on Apple Podcasts, sorry, we don't call it iTunes anymore. Anything that you hear on Apple Podcasts to, you know, the nitty gritty of us, like paying for our music license or figuring out like some weird banking thing or, and figuring out like how to get our merch to every single stop on the tour, like coordinating that like weeks in advance on a small time crunch. That all to me, like speaks to working with two people who always just want to do excellent things and people who are curious and people who are kind and people who like care a lot about their coworkers. And so again, I was like, you know, like now I'm like, if they came to me and they're like, Hey, let's figure out submarines. I'd be like, that's crazy. But let's try. <laughs> <laughs> you do know what you're doing. Clearly. Oh my God. The I mo- just picture like you think, thinking beneath the surface <laughs> in a sub, like goodbye forever. Somebody will definitely <laughs> die. But guess what? I'll be like, oh, and figured it out. Same. The submarine thing, Same. honestly, like to me, speaks to failure mostly because we don't talk a lot about the things that we don't do well. And to be clear, like we haven't had like a ginormous failure in our in our business. But I know that for me, one of the things that always has like traditionally stopped me from trying new things is that I am afraid to fail. I'm very good at doing the things that I'm good at. And I'm very good at, you know, sticking to the adjacent things that I'm good at, but some like new, like big, scary, hairy goal, like, no, thank you. And working with Anna and Gina is the first time that I'm not afraid to fail at something because I feel supported. And that like, that's huge for me. That's huge for anybody. Uh, I mean, I feel like the really succinct version of, of everything you just said, which was a money quote you gave in the book, which you said, like a true marriage of women, someone always picks up the slack, um, which I thought was was lovely sentiment. I'm so excited about today's sponsor. I feel like it was a really long time coming and I felt like they were You're really... sort of glowing. You're well, like glowing with I felt with like excitement. I was being left out of the this podcast ad opportunity and it finally came to us. Thrive Market. Oh my gosh, Thrive Market. Um there's so many good things on Thrive Market, but one of the, my favorite discoveries of of all of the times is this maple this squeezy bottle of maple mm-hmm. syrup you know how the good maple syrup the like pure maple syrup yep. comes in glass bottles and then it drips down the side yes. and then it crusts on the side i'm very familiar and then you can't get the bottle closed all the because way it's because crusty it's crusty sugar yep. mm-hmm. this is the opposite of that yeah um which is just a dream yeah. an absolute dream add this to your cart you will be so into it because it squeezes out like a ketchup bottle 100 percent So Thrive Market, if you don't already know, is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer the highest quality, healthy and sustainable products available for every budget, lifestyle and geography. Join Thrive and unlock endless savings. You can shop for thousands of the best selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50 percent off traditional retail prices. They sell non-GMO foods, snacks, vitamins, supplements, maple syrup. You know, you get the whole thing. And it's all shipped right to your door. Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% off, and now they're giving you an extra 25% off on your first order, plus a free 30-day trial. Many of you will be making a grocery run this week, so why not just give Thrive Market a try instead? Shop www.thrivemarket.com slash a few things. That's thrivemarket.com slash a few things. Can we ask you one last question? 
um, the idea, the whole premise of the show is that you're not all in the same place. So how do you deal with the logistics of not being in the same place? Like day to day, how are you interacting? How are you talking? How are you s- scheduling and all that stuff? The group text is popping. Um, <laughs> always. Um, I would say like most distributed businesses in 2018 and beyond 2019. Um, yeah. Texting, emailing, phone, weekly phone calls are kind of like the backbone structurally of what we do. There are these kind of funny, quirky, like habits we've gotten into, like I'm a late night worker. And so when I publish the show, which goes out on Friday mornings, it means I'm almost always up later on Thursday night finishing up. So like there's always my, midnight, like, here's the link, here's like the embed code, here's all the stuff, here's when it's going out, like find the episode here. Um, So I think, you know, all the tools that we have available to us. Um, And then I think, you know, another logistical thing about it, and in some ways it's an asset is like, we tend to work different hours. um, But like, in what Amina was saying, someone's always picking up the slack that also kind of extends across time zones, across who can take what call, who's going to finish what, who can address an emergent issue. Um, we have some kind of breadth in that area that I think is really valuable. For your weekly calls, do you have a regular agenda? Yes and no. I mean, there's always, a, you know, we always have business items to discuss. We always have editorial items to discuss. But beyond that, it's, you know, as you can hear, things are... Um, not, I would say, like overly formalized and structured. It's kind of more we each are giving what we can when we can and meeting the other needs as they arise. So you guys recently like upended this dynamic by going on a pretty lengthy tour together. Um, how how did that impact your working style? I mean, it obviously is like a huge disruption to our status quo <laughs> because it was... I You're mean, seeing each I other mean, every day. It, it was, <laughs> well... Not that so much as it was a thing at, like it was very different. It would be very different if we had decided to take three weeks and just work on the podcast and like our, the business side of it, like that would have been one thing. But like what we decided to do was layer a tour nine date live tour with like very little logistical support on top of normal podcast work, which did not pause. Hmm. So like that is the context for understanding the tour, which is like less about occupying space together. I mean, we were, but we were occupying space together to do a slightly different thing than like the show we do week in and week out. And so, um, like, look, I'm sure it would feel amazing to have three weeks where we could devote all of our time and resources to just all the stuff that we never get to because we're so far flung with the show. Um, but like we're, we're three busy women. And so that was not the tour. <laughs> it was a very different kind of thing. It was almost like a, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like a pop-up or something like that. Like something you would layer on top of your existing work and business. Um, you guys, it is always such a pleasure to talk to you. You are, you're the gold standard in, in girlfriend podcasting for us. Um, and we are so grateful for, for, for all the conversations and advice and friendship. Thank you all.
That's the show. If you liked this episode, you will love our book, Work Wife, out March 5th. It can be purchased on ofakind.com, your friendly local bookstore, anywhere else books are sold. Also, write us a Goodreads review. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at ofakind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on the podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we are recording at Alex's house. Do you know how we've been asking everybody to call and leave us messages at 833-OFAKIND? Well, people have been doing it. You guys have been leaving amazing messages, and we wanted to start playing some of them at the end of the show. So here goes. And please leave us more messages. We love them. Hi, Claire and Erica. This is Eden Lepucky, your former guest and favorite novelist. I just wanted to call and say that I really think Claire, you should not get the giant giraffe for your child's nursery. I know it's cute, but it's going to be a big waste of space, and it's not cuddly. And I just I just can't emphasize enough how much you will not need this giraffe, and your child will not need it. Um, that's really all. I'm also really excited that Alex is a girlfriend. Thanks for the show. Bye, guys.